0: Welcome to The Nobody Guide to Life, where we provide tips and tools for personal growth, personal development, and your spiritual journey that you can use right now in your everyday life. I'm J.A. Plosker. Thank you for joining us. Find out more at thenobodyguidetolife.com. You can also join our Simple Spirituality group on Facebook. If you like what you hear on the show, we'd welcome a subscription or a review. We'd really appreciate it. Have you been a caregiver to a loved one, or maybe you're a caregiver by profession, so If you have given care to a loved one or you are a caregiver by profession, you know that any care, big or small, can carry with it a a real range of emotions. But when we love someone, when we truly love someone, that care is often given with an open heart and feelings of intense love and sometimes gratitude. So my guest today cared for her brother while he transitioned from his earthly experience, a transition brought about from cancer. Ellen Schilling had no idea that this 16-month experience would change her life forever. Inspired by a miraculous event on the day of his transition, Ellen delved into others' near-death experiences and started her spiritual quest, leading her to say yes to everything and to unveil her authenticity, her legacy. Her business, Unveil Your Legacy, Now includes coaching and inspirational jewelry design as Ellen helps others unveil their greatness and her work also benefits the joy bus, a business providing meals to homebound cancer patients. It's all a way of helping others to see joy and their own greatness. Welcome to the show, Ellen.
1: Thank you. I am so excited to be here.
0: Well, it's just wonderful to have you here. Now that sounds like quite a journey you were on there.
1: It does. I was listening to you say it and I thought, wow, that's a lot.
0: Yeah. So what got you onto the path of personal and spiritual growth? Where were you before that day of transition? How did that journey begin?
1: You know, it's so interesting when I reflect back to, um, let's even say three years ago, four years ago, um, I really didn't have any spiritual foundation at all. And so I'm I'm a real story of... um, of growth and accelerated growth, if you will, from a real devastating scenario. Right. Uh, so my, my foundation was, was simply living, and I'm not even sure if it was really uh, presently living. I was kind of going through day by day and not really aware of, of the greatness that surrounded me and that was within me
0: was spirituality something that you had or, or even personal growth something that you had been thinking about or was it just not even part of your experience at all?
1: Not even part of my experience at all. It's interesting because again in reflecting uh, I, I've lived a charmed life and I've, I've had a, a lot of successes in my life but it never came to a depth of of what my beliefs were uh, and what my direction was and with this scenario that, that happened, uh, and I consider it a gift that my brother has given me, it's allowed me to take those steps and now uh, started to run with my spiritual growth and development. And and I'm so grateful for that.
0: So So coming into that caregiving experience, you went into that caregiving experience with no foundation. How were you able to process that caregiving experience early on with no frame of reference to spirituality what were the feelings that you had early on in that experience
1: well that's a great question and and it's part of the a bit of the humor that goes along with this when I think of my spiritual uh, direction my brother lived in New York so I became someone that was very curious about the medical part of his of his care Um, and my experience in, in his caregiving was really hiding behind the clipboard of all of the tests and the reports that came back from his cancer. Right. And so my tapping into my emotions, um, I completely denied that and put that on the back burner. And it was a very interesting scenario of, uh, I, and I and I refer to it as hiding behind my clipboard. And I, I had all of that, and I stuffed my emotions, I stuffed the the grief and the fear and the management of that through the process. That the day we brought him home, I. We, we had him uh, for hospice. We had him set up uh, a beautiful bed in the living room. The lighting was perfect. The music was perfect. His amazing friends had set this all up for, for his journey home. And we had the, the most perfect place for him. And I walked in and someone said to me, here's a cup of soup. Why don't you sit down? And at that moment, my job was done. Right. We had, we had hired a private nursing team, so they were taking care of all of the medical part of it, and all of a sudden, someone took my clipboard away. Right. Now I had to start, now I immediately had to start dealing with the emotional part of it, and boy that that was a lot to take in that one moment.
0: Can you walk us through that? I know I know there were so many emotions going on and I that clipboard image is really interesting. If if we have an experience on this journey that suddenly rips away all the veils, all the things we were hiding behind and we're just left there standing with our emotions, that lens is gone. What was going through you at that moment? What 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 can you walk us through that?
1: Absolutely. And the experience that that I that I that I went through with that is so vivid in my memory and the people there that I I can go right back to that moment where the the beautiful aromatherapy that we had we had a craniosacral therapist that came and did this beautiful work on my brother while he was home imagine the most beautiful aromatherapy again the perfect lighting the artwork in his home was moved around so that from his hospital bed he could see this most beautiful artwork that he cherished and the the uh, lighting was perfect again and we had Brian Eno playing in the music. It was just perfect and again, I walked into a scenario that again, the clipboard was taken away i was I immediately sat down in a chair, uh, a big overstuffed club chair, if you will, uh, across from his bed and uh, and of course i I didn't eat the soup because it was certainly right. something that my my stomach was a bit churning at that point right. <laughs> um but I had an opportunity, and the chair was placed kind of in the corner, so I had an opportunity to really look and see exactly what was happening in that room, and that's where I realized, wow, this is really gonna happen. This is really gonna happen. And um, yeah, that that was the emotional part of it that I need to become present in this moment, or I'm gonna miss this all. Right.
0: Is this something you had talked with him about Is this something that you two process together? Because this is so powerful for both of you. And I know you were so close. Did you talk to him about this, about how profound this was for both of you?
1: That's, That's a great question. And again, another really strong part of this experience for me, one of my most vivid memories of this and i just had this conversation the other, the the other day with his husband who was his main caregiver and the love of his life uh and it we brought us back we had a conversation that brought us back to a moment where um the doctors kept saying when you have options we're good when you have options we're good and the day came where they said to my brother john there are no more options right and the doctors left the room, and it was the three of us sitting in the room, my brother, his husband, John, and my brother, John. And my brother looked at his husband and said, "'Do you think I'm going to die?' And his husband so eloquently gave the most beautiful, supportive, I will be with you through this whole process, um, connection of, of words that was so comforting to my brother. And then my brother looked at me and he asked me that same question. Ellen, do you think I'm going to die? If I knew then what I know now, I would have given a different answer. Interesting. And my spirituality and my growth and my process through this transition has taught me that now my answer would be, tell me what you're feeling about this.
0: Right because this
1: really doesn't have to do with me. This is not my process. This is not my journey. This is his journey. Right. And at the moment, my, my answer to him at that time was, of course, I'm going to do whatever you can, or whatever I can, rather, to, uh, to get the right testing and get the best doctors. And, and it was a very ego-driven answer. Right. Again, if I knew then what I know now, it would have been a very different conversation.
0: Right. But as somebody listening to you tell the story, the story takes on so much more power because you didn't know then what you know now. Hearing you tell it in retrospect, that stark difference between the egocentric answer and the heart-centered answer is so powerful. It sounds like that was one of the precious gifts of that moment, is the ability to the, reflect on it this way.
1: That you, There is no doubt. You're exactly right. That I look at all of the gifts that my brother has given me, and I'm a believer that his transition and his journey, I was chosen to be there for that. And I I take that gift that he has given me of, of choosing me to be part of his process, I take that very seriously. And this is part of my thoughts with Unveil Your Legacy of what our greatness is, is that if you are given that opportunity to be with someone, to care for them, and if you are given the the gift to be with them through their transition, that is an obligation that you have to move forward with your own personal growth because there's greatness in that.
0: Right. Right. And one of my teachers uh, said to me once, you know, sometimes we need to give people an opportunity to be of service to us in any circumstance so even in last moments last breaths you were giving him it sounds like an opportunity to leave a legacy to be of service in such a powerful way it's almost defies words
1: you know there's so many memories that i have of of our time together that uh, are so precious to me and one of the words that i can can I can kind of wrap his whole experience up in the last weeks, even months is surrender. And he completely surrendered himself to his amazing husband, John myself and to himself and that, and you could see that every day and that surrender of his human experience took him steps further into the next realm, where he is now simply behind the veil. Right. It's it's a, it's a beautiful image, and and that surrendering that he did so powerfully and so graciously and so eloquently, that it 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 was it was all orchestrated before before this whole process even started.
0: Wow. Now you talk about the miraculous around that. Can you define for us or talk through? I know we've been talking around it probably, but. Can you pinpoint that piece, that miraculous piece for us? The piece of
1: my spiritual growth?
0: Well, right, because you say that you had a miraculous experience during this. Is that what we've been talking about? Or is that miraculous event? Did something else happen that you consider to be that defining moment for you? for
1: me there was absolutely a defining moment um the my brother transitioned on the supermoon on november 14th which is a monday morning of 2016. right um saturday morning he began to tell us what was going on and he started to tell us what he was seeing and what he was feeling and um of course at that time it being you know 48 hours prior to his actually physical transition from this this realm. Um, it was something that we all thought, of course, it's gonna happen this morning, this Saturday morning. Right. Um, but he, you know, in my spiritual process and belief and, and establishment of how this whole process works, uh, it does take time for the soul to travel through the veil. And, um, and his explanation of his journey, the beginning of his journey, um, I immediately was taken aback, and that's the moment where I said, "Holy moly, there is something much bigger than what we have here." And we, and I needed to delve into that. And you, and you touched upon it briefly in my, um, in my bio, in which I needed to figure out what was what he was experiencing, and what was my responsibility of, of passing that information on.
0: Can you share? Some of his words from those moments with us. Can you talk about what that sight, that second and third and fourth sight that he was acquiring, can you talk to us a little bit about what that was for him?
1: i absolutely will and you know some of that is private that uh it's such a gift for me but i would love to give you some of the the insight i'll set the scenario because it was a beautiful scenario um his husband wanted to uh embrace him so uh we put his husband in bed with him Um, his sister-in-law was at his feet rubbing idaho blue spruce essential oils into his feet um that is a uh we had learned that is a great support of transitioning right and so you can imagine that smell of christmas in the air right and um and i was uh up holding his hand and all of us were supporting him in telling him you know the usual things i think that one would say is that it's okay we're going to take care of each other it's time to go and um and my brother started to talk about how he had seen his first two, or he, he was seeing his first two uh, Bernice Mountain Dogs oh. that he cherished. Interesting. And um and the conversation was about 40 minutes. He never opened his eyes. Um, and he was talking about how many angels were there and uh, how beautiful it was. And And the last thing that he, the words that he said was, I see Buddha. Wow and uh you know in what i learned in my spiritual growth is that once one becomes enlightened uh they have not only seen buddha but they actually find their true self and that was such a comfort for me to know that in those last moments he had found himself beautiful it's just incredible incredible memory
0: There's so much written out there about that dying process and how some people say, well, it's just, it's the brain compensating for the fear of dying. And other people say, no, 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 this is, this is a real transition. And you and your brother had such a moment there. And I'm wondering if you can describe while that beautiful conversation was taking place, the energy you were feeling, the energy in the room, can you put words to that?
1: Wow, that that's challenging. Yeah, nice.
0: um,
1: <laughs> it was it was a sense of peace and a sense of calm. Mm-hmm. Um, the the three people, my my brother in law John, his sister Susie, and myself, are bonded now through this experience forever, um, and it was certainly. This this I, I guess peace is really the best the tranquility that was in that room. There was no there was no um, heightened energy. It was very calm. Right. We were we were calm. You know there was no sense of panic for us. Um, it, it was it was just it was just peace. It was quiet. And again the lighting was dim. The music was playing. Uh, his words were coming out. The aroma of of Christmas. Uh, it, it was just a. A very calm and peaceful, peaceful, you know, 40 minutes to an hour of quiet.
0: Right. And we talk about moments like that sometimes in a bubble. And I know TV shows, movies, sometimes they end at that moment. So how did you make the bridge back to the world outside of that room? What was that journey like bridging the gap between that amazing experience that you shared and the life that was waiting for you on the other side?
1: so after my brother transitioned i came back to phoenix right. and um and i fell apart um, I, I my clipboard was gone and i had a very short four days of his transition time at home to to manage that and of course there were so many emotions during those four days while while he was at home but i came back to phoenix and completely fell apart Um, my, my husband had organized some options for me to get some, to be able to talk about my journey, uh, what had happened, some, some support groups and things of that sort. But I came out of that and said, again, something, I just experienced something that is much larger than me that I need to know more about. Hence starting my, my spiritual growth and my personal growth.
0: Wow. And what did you because I think this could be a very important message for a lot of, of listeners, where did you go first? I mean, how, you, know, you, ha- you just had this moment. And sometimes I think people get on the path to have that moment. And some people have that moment and then get on the path. Mm. So what did you reach for? What, where did you go? What were the things that you grabbed onto that were really made sense to you in light of what you had just witnessed?
1: Again, another great question. My process through the moment I landed in Phoenix was the synchronicities of the universe. Mm. And it was one after the other. Wow! The first one, which started my journey, was I had had come back to Phoenix, and I immediately started to go to a support group at Hospice of the Valley. It was very important for me to talk about my, my, my loss. Um, And what I've learned is, is that people that experience loss are in a a club that we never signed up for the membership, Hmm. but we're here and not everyone understands that. My husband, who is the most supportive of me, couldn't understand why I was in fetal position on the sofa for days on end. And he would you know, supportively say, do you want to take a shower today? Can I get you some lunch? And he couldn't understand why I, I just couldn't function. Right. When I would go to my support groups, my my Hospice of the Valley group, here, seeing a stranger across the table when I was telling my story, nod their head and saying, oh, yeah, I know what that's about. Incredible comfort to know that someone got me, someone understood what I was experiencing. Right. That was my first step. The synchronicities through this amazing universe happened when my brother-in-law, my brother's husband, John, called me and said, I just read this amazing book by this woman, Anita Morjani. It's called Dying to Be Me. She had a near-death experience. It's her memoir. You have to read it. So I said, absolutely. I was a sponge at that point for information. I went on Amazon, ordered the book, and a couple days later, I have a dear friend whose name is Hamilton, um, who has had a near death experience himself, who's been very supportive in my healing. And two days later, Hamilton sent me a text and said, I have a book that I want you to read. It's by an author named Anita Morjani. It's called Dying to Be Me. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and the, the, you know, the, the key word, the key phrase that I say through all of this is, of course you do. Because that's what the universe does for me, right? Whenever these synchronicities happen, I would say, of course it is. Of course the universe is doing this to me. Right. <laughs> so I happened to, or, uh, you know, I, I read the book. It completely resonated with me. Uh, and then, hence, started my journey with uh, with reading other near-death experience uh, authors and, and delving into the idea of the process of transitioning.
0: Right. And that seems to be very closely related, then, to your next venture which was this idea of legacies. Can you talk to us about how all of those things you experienced then led you to this idea of legacy work?
1: Absolutely. When my brother transitioned, I thought I needed to create something that he would always be remembered by or hence a legacy. Right. Um, I thought of you know, an art installation. My, my brother owned a custom frame shop in New York City and uh, lived in in the West Village and in Chelsea for most of his adult life. So was very well known in New York and in the art, art community. And so I thought maybe we'll donate some artwork to Sloan Kettering or we'll create a foundation or or something real obvious that you think of when you think of legacy, right. of what one would be remembered by. Right. And I really struggled with that, and I and I talked to his husband about that, and and we were collaborating ideas and what that was going to look like, and and nothing really came to fruition about what was going to feel right that we wanted to both move forward with.
0: Right.
1: I had a conversation with a girlfriend that her father, or it was rather her father-in-law, excuse me, was coming to Phoenix, and she was struggling with the fact that it was going to be a, a lot of you know. A, almost an inconvenience or there was going to be a lot of work around having him here. Right. And I, I was talking to her about the 30 days that this man's going to be in her life. And I went ahead and said to her, I would invite you to think that love may be your legacy. And it was the first time the word legacy came out of my mouth in that context. And her reaction to that was so powerful of, wow, I never thought of that. And it really turned around her heavy uh, reaction to this man coming into her, her, her space to something of a gift. Right. And I started to think about the legacy that people give or people have, or people leave is not something that's tangible or, or that is, is something that, we, we read in a book or we see on a wall. I mean, you look at that at really high profile people like Steve jobs and we think of, you know, the Apple computer and the iPhones and the watches and, and, but, but you know, the legacy of Steve jobs that he wanted was the connection that he had with people. Right. And that's when I started to think about my brother and the the love and the generosity that he had in in caring for people and loving people and making people happy and, and children laughing and his friends feeling loved and cared for, um, that's what I wanted him to be remembered by. So I simply started to talk to people about their greatness and what that looked like for them and how important it is not to wait till that time of transition to unveil that, but to rather start that now, do this today, because we don't know what tomorrow brings.
0: And how do you help people now in your business? How do you help people to have that love Maybe your legacy moment? What do you do to help people to discover that in their own lives?
1: It's, it's interesting in talking with people about legacy because some people have it. Some people know it. They are clear. They are, they are spot on of what they know that they want to be remembered by, remembered right. for. Others need a little bit of coaching. So I I am a uh, personal greatness coach. And I talk to people about what that looks like for them with different, uh, various tools. Successful one that has been used is talking about what I like to say, your future self. Right. You know, flashing forward to uh, 40, 50 years and, and what that person, what you in 50 years is going to tell you today. Right. And the marks that you've made. That's been a powerful tool for a lot of my clients. It's interesting when I simply ask Have you ever thought about what your legacy is? And the response is very powerful because I ask those words. And then what I do is I close my mouth. And people I'm learning just want to tell their story. Right. And the answers that we have to our greatness, to our legacy, to what we want to be known for is inside of us. This is not something that we need to teach. This is not something that we you need to learn in a book. The answers are inside of us. Right. And that is where I come to by inviting people to say yes. To say yes to opportunities that come their way because don't close off any opportunity because you don't know what that's going to lead you to. You don't know if that's going to be part of your greatness.
0: Right. That's true. And we make assumptions sometimes about what we think we want our legacy to be when maybe if we want to talk about the universe or whatever it may have a different plan so i love what you say there because if we say no to a group that comes up or a friend wants us to go with them to a reading or whatever if we say no to those events we may be delaying or missing out on something that can really help us shape our lives in very special ways
1: i completely agree completely agree and i find that with my journey, I have said yes to everything. And, um, you know, my process of, of coming to this point has been saying yes to everything. I also invite people to remember that saying no to others is saying yes to you.
0: Can you unpack that uh, a little?
1: I will, yeah. You know, it, my, my husband, who was who a very linear thinker, um, when I talked to him about saying yes to everything, his response was, Ellen, I can't say yes to everything. I, I don't have enough time during the day. I have meetings. I can't say yes to everything. And I invited him to think that saying no to some of those meetings, saying no to some of the new projects that you have is actually saying yes to you and your personal time.
0: Right. Love that. And.
1: It, it, it's amazing, and this conversation came about as he was coming down over the stairs, I, I was in our living room, and I, I, was, I posed the question to him, and he said, I have a lot of work to do, I can't talk right now, but, but I'll sit down for a few minutes and we'll have this conversation. And we proceeded to talk about saying yes to everything, and I posed the idea of saying no to others and yes to you. Hmm. Well, a few hours later, we're still having this conversation, <laughs> And I invited him to remember, and a, a couple of hours ago, you were ready to go back to work, but instead, you said no to your work, and you said yes to our marriage and our con- and our connection. Wow! And and he had an aha moment. He said, "I get it. I get it. I, I understand it now." And so there there are scenarios that yes you do need to say yes to those house guests you do need to say yes to the invitations to readings you do need to say yes to new jobs and and moving across the country you do need to say yes to that but there are also you need to give yourself permission to say no to those times that are going to give you the space to the to be in the quiet where you find the answers
0: right and the power of something we talk about on the show a lot discipline discernment the ability to get quiet enough inside of you so that you can discern between a yes no time and that's also that's that's a muscle you have to build over time
1: I completely agree a- absolutely and it's hard, it's it, hard, is hard. <laughs> it's very hard. it is hard it it's it's not an easy thing to do uh, because i think some people are on one end of the spectrum that they want to physically do everything and then you have others that Really want to stay introverted and not do anything right uh, so you need to find that space where you can have the quiet and the peace to find those answers i com- that that statement you made completely resonates with me and my journey of getting quiet and what my my strict meditation practice brings me to and the connection I have with my brother and the time that we communicate and we relate to each other in this realm um, that I love to say that he and I are equally as close now than we were when he was in this physical space right uh, because of those quiet moments right and when you say no to those when you're so busy and when you're answering all of the yeses and not saying yes to yourself, you will miss those quiet times where the answers appear. Right. Really, really agree with that.
0: Well, it's 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 and it takes time. It it just takes time. It takes patience. And when you hear a voice inside your head, when you say a prayer or you ask for guidance, and you hear it in your head, saying yes to that instead of saying no, 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 that's just my thoughts. Try it. Mm. We always talk about testing the gods. You know, look. I'm not telling you to believe anything you hear on this show. We have these amazing guests who have all these amazing insights. I'm not asking you to believe everybody that comes on the show. Take that knowledge and apply it in your own life and test it. It's very, very powerful. That's you build discernment through testing and experimenting. It is in some ways very appealing to the linear thinker because it's open for testing. It's available.
1: Absolutely. I completely agree. And you will never know if you don't try it.
0: You will never
1: know. Yes, you will never, ever know. And my life could have been very different if I want to go back to that fetal position on the sofa where I didn't reach out for the help with hospice, where I didn't start to read books, where I didn't become a certified life coach, where I didn't start to talk about legacy, where I didn't start to. I mean, let's talk about all the opportunities that I've had that I've said yes to. that have brought me to this moment that i am so at peace with the loss of my brother granted i miss him desperately every day every day but his transition has been a gift and it is my obligation it is absolutely my obligation to and and what i like to refer to as my dharma my life work to invite people to find their greatness and I'm strictly a conduit for that. I, I am I am just the one that invites people to do that and to go on their journey to find their greatness. And maybe it's a piece of touchstone jewelry that they have. Maybe it's a conversation that we have, um, whatever that looks like. But once you find that, now it 's your responsibility to go inspire others. What a beautiful place this would be if this is, this is what we were talking about, and this is what we were doing is talking about the greatness that we have within these humble brags that we can talk about right. inspire other people's other people to do their greatness what a right. great place it, this would be it
0: would be amazing, and look it doesn 't always have to be you know this this shows about personal development, personal growth, and the spiritual journey. It could be as simple as your work with the joy bus, giving something back in the memory of someone you love, that's also a very powerful way of saying yes and of leaving that legacy. So it doesn't always have to be a spiritual moment. It can also be a giving moment, a charitable moment. That's, that's powerful too.
1: Absolutely. And, and my, my connection with the joy bus uh, which is an, as you said, an organization that that provides meals to homebound patients that are undergoing chemo and radiation is a very. Um, similar operation to God's Love We Deliver, which was connected to my brother. Um, His dear friend, John Gilman, um, is on the board of directors at God's Love We Deliver, which is a a huge operation in New York City that um, does a very similar thing that the Joy Bus does as far as offering meals to to people that need them. Mm -hmm. Um, Completely free of cost. There is no charge to to people that need these services. So very, very powerful. Um, And, uh, you know, my... My process of getting involved in that was, again, saying yes. It happened to come across one of my social media pages. Um, I said, I, had a, I, had a, I have to go check this out. Here's my yes. I have to go find out what this is about. Right. Um, happened to go up to the Joy bus um, and sat in the corner for breakfast, because you can go and, and have breakfast there, and watched this whole operation. I knew nothing about this except what their mission statement was. Um, I came home and got on their donation, pa- uh, their volunteer page, started to go up on the weekends and fill syrup and, and put, you know, fill coffee for patients, uh, for, uh, people having breakfast and got to know the owner, um, Jennifer Caraway, who's a rock star with her legacy of helping people. She, she in tune as well, in turn as well, had a friend who, uh, her name was Joy, who transitioned from ovarian cancer. And her, and Jennifer's legacy is now, in, in the memory of her, her friend Joy. Like it, this, all comes full circle. Right. Right. And uh, so, uh, the, the irony of all of this is Jennifer is now at the Joy Bus, working with God's love we deliver in New York City <laughs> to get. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, and I, of course, we're going to say, of course, she is right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but she's doing work with um, with getting uh, some more awareness around the Food is Coalition, uh, the Coalition for Food is Medicine. Um, where people need to realize that um, when people are battling illness, it's important to have nutritionally balanced meals because that is a, a a healing aspect to them. And uh, it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful story of how I can honor my brother and how there are other amazing people out there doing, doing the same work. And it, it, it's just, we need to get these stories out about people that are, are living their legacy and living their greatness and making a difference in so many lives.
0: Beautiful. Well, so to help us all do that then, so what's a tip or tool from all these amazing experiences you've had? What's a tip or tool you can offer us right now that we can use as soon as this podcast is over to live that life?
1: You know, this is something that I, we touched on a little bit earlier, and it's something that I'm, I feel very, very strongly about. And once you get off this podcast, it is saying yes to the next, the next question that comes to you. No doubt. Just wow. saying yes. And there is no hesitation. There is no thinking. There is just yes. And it's it's amazing what will happen when you start to do that. You get a mind shift. You get a new perspective of your greatness. And it's almost like dipping your toe in the water. I, I don't expect people to jump in and to start swimming into the deep end with this. Right. But by, by taking that one next question that your listeners will get by that the, the next one that they get from this podcast and confidently saying, yes. I wonder what that would look like and the opportunity that would blossom from that. And I would invite people to do that again this very next question and the success that they have with that build upon that start to build your legacy start to start to say yes to the next one and then to the next one maybe you need to say no because you need a little bit of time to yourself but but do that following so my tip would be to immediately start saying yes because that's something you can do right when you push pause from this podcast
0: i love it and with that wonderful piece of advice i want to thank ellen so very very much thank you for your time ellen thank you for sharing such a personal journey with us
1: it's been such an honor and and i'm so grateful for you for the work that you're doing and uh and and the legacy that you're building and and i'm i'm just such an honor it's it's an honor to be a part of that thank you
0: well thank you and i want everyone listening to do some thinking about your own legacy Remember, it's not just the shiny diamonds we leave behind in our wills. It's the everyday wisdom. It's the rich example we set for those left behind who keep walking their path. We help others when we're gone by leaving them something more than material goods we can leave them with powerful memories and encouragement for the journey ahead you can find out more about Ellen at www.unveilyourlegacy.com and you can learn about the joy bus at www.thejoybusdiner.com those links and some other links that came up in the show those will be at life.com. and remember you can always find out more at life.com. and you can also join our Facebook community Simple Spirituality if you like what you hear on this podcast please consider a review or a subscription we'd really appreciate it and it really helps keep practicing and have a good week